you know, we've been a resilient team all season, you know, all year long. You know, first I just want to give credit to Marcus Morris. You know, he was hurt, you know, didn't know if he was going to be at a goal tonight. And he gave us all he had, you know, two big threes, you know, down the stretch, which we needed. But, like, just a total team effort. You know, our guys just keep grinding, keep fighting. You know, we know our backs is against the wall, oh, too, but uh, we never give in. I mean, the job Pat Bell's been doing, you know, it's been, you know, tremendous. And deserve it. The city deserves it. I mean, you know, anyone, you know, I mean, for as far as I've been here, is we've been working our ass off, you know, trying to change the culture of this team, you know, try to, you know, make us one of those grit teams, those grinding teams. And, you know, for that to be on full display tonight is very special. Uh, like anything in life, you know, the cream always rises to the top. You get out what you put in. And as a, as a team, as a unit, coaching staff, players, you know, office, you know, we put it, we put work in this for years. And, uh, you know, you get, you get, you're fortunate that uh, it's paying off. That's the sound of the triumphant home. Playoff, blowout, W, Horn. I'm your host, Chris Co-Wild. Day to day with a knee strain. <laughs> with me, as always, is Hollywood Hank on location in Atlanta. Atlanta. What's going on? Oh, Fox man, dude. Hot, let me just say, man, Atlanta is a great town. I went out to an amazing restaurant with a commercial director and, and director of photography friends of mine uh, last night and a production designer at a spot called The Optimist which you oh. are ever in Atlanta, I recommend. They have oysters on the half shell. And, they, and what I didn't, didn't understand, I am from the dirty south. I'm from like the uh -huh. panhandle of Florida, the Redneck Riviera. And we used yep. to eat our oysters on the half shell. Oysters. With a beer. And like we used sure. to buy them in burlap sacks and sit in my driveway. <laughs> listen. A sack of oysters listen, with cold sit, beer. Sit in the driveway and shuck yes, them all Hank. onto cookie trays and then eat them. That oh, was how shucks. we did it. Well, now apparently, because I'm an idiot uh -huh. and I'm not a fine right. dining guy, you, mm -hmm. you order them like you order wine. It's like, I like mine with this amount of salinity uh, and I like this uh, amount of brine. And ooh, they're milky with an aftertaste and all this stuff. And I was with skilled food orderers on the production budget dime and Foodie so oysters. we ordered we lit they literally just were at a whim ordering the menu it was amazing and i welcome ate to atlanta and, foodie ooh. cast where every week we talk about <laughs> what we order in the hipster foodie trending atl atlanta <laughs> islands region and welcome to our sons I, I, and welcome to our sons fans listeners who are mostly eating crow after your twitter <laughs> tirade after coming at us so back. hard on twitter you came so hard at us Suns fans, and we are glad you're listening to our clipcast. Yes, but I, but your math may be off on Suns in four. For th one thing, for sure, it's not Suns in four. I think that's mathematically impossible. Respect. No, it's not. It's not possible. And all you Suns fans who thought you were going to sweep the Clippers because you swept the Nuggets, you're not playing the Nuggets. No, no, no. And all you Suns fans can eat a bag of Dick's no, sporting Chris. goods. Excuse me. Eat a bag of Dick's sporting goods. Nobody bag. No, a bag no. from Dick's sporting goods. Filled with, uh, with your own, with with your hoisted by your own petard. Well, you can, listen. So a, I may you go have, to Dick's Sporting Goods and you oh, fill now, the bag now, now. with crow. You eat crow. I may okay? have opened a listen. I may have opened Pandora's box <laughs> because the truth is, I know Suns fans 
to not be Johnny Come Lately fans. I know them to be to know about basketball. I know them to be right. Well, there, there was actually a big presence, a relatively big presence there last night. I would say yeah, it was about eighty-five percent Clipper. And they're not dummies, 15%. man. They, they know Suns their basketball Nation. and they are loyal. Remember, we went to that one playoff game in Phoenix, and the fans were, for the most part, very nice and welcoming. And on top of that, they knew their basketball, man. They're, Absolutely, they're no joke. But we, we I beat sat them last next night. to. A lovely Suns fan last night, and I said, hey, why are you rooting for the Suns? You were just in the Western Conference Finals 11 years ago. You would think that would be enough. Is <laughs> that enough for you? Once is <laughs> good for us. For you. We, we've never been there. It's our first time. You guys were just there and frankly, 11 years ago. I'm done after this season watching basketball. I feel like I finally got what I wanted. We're in the Western Conference Finals, and I'm probably just going to, I don't know what now, watch hockey? That's still a sport. Well, I, no, no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you are not. <laughs> Gang, that is five wins in a row. Oh, that is five home wins in a row, which you and I have talked Ooh. ad nauseum about. Yes. We we went into game seven, round one, having lost eight in a row in that building, postseason, Staples Center, Clipper home playoff games. Mm. Losing eight in a row, spanning, I think it was five seasons, spanning Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, spanning Sweet Lou and Montrez Harrell. Yeah. And spanning three losses in a row with Kawhi and PG. Oh, my gosh. Well, since then, we have turned the corner. We've won five home playoff wins in a row and decisively blowout wins. But what I really like about last night, speaking of streaks, Hank, is that we ended the Suns' nine-game playoff winning streak. Boy, we really did. They have had a great run. If I'm if I'm correct off the top of my head, weren't they down 2-1 to the, to the Lakers and then they have not lost since? Uh, you're absolutely wrong. They were down 2-1 to the L word, <laughs> and they haven't lost since. But Impressive. But close, I guess. Impressive. <laughs> impressive. Very impressive. And and a testament to these clips. Okay, so 0-2 round one versus Dallas, who was real spicy because they wanted revenge from sure. last postseason. Yeah. Down 0-2 versus the Jazz, who was real spicy because they lost in round one last postseason with a 3-1 edge. You would never know because the national media literally never speaks of it. But the Utah Jazz were the number one seed, the best team in all of basketball. They had a 2-0 edge on us, and we won in six. Here we are with Phoenix, the hottest team in the playoffs, arguably the best team in the playoffs, I guess, because they had won nine in a row, up 2-0 versus the Clippers. And what do we do? Bam, we pound them. We pound them. So who was your Hank's player of the game last night? I'm sorry to jump right into it, Hank, but last night was a great one, and you got a lot of guys to choose from. Ooh-wee. Gosh, I wasn't prepared to jump. I wasn't prepared to jump straight to that. If I'm being really, I, mean, I know honest. my Hank's player of the game. Well, you know, like me to. I tell you what, I'm, I'm gonna, Hanks I'm gonna go not, I'm gonna go not that. You know, you know, what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go a little off the reservation. It would be easy for me to say Paul George, um, right. because of his 15 rebounds, mm. especially although his shooting was poor. Um, but who right. I'm actually going that to go, but who I'm, wasn't. but who I'm actually gonna go with is yeah. is Ivica Zubats. I feel, oh, I, double double! I in the feel first like half. the much maligned and slandered Ivica Zubats. And by the way, to our Clippers listeners, who one of them commented out to us, "You guys got to stop trashing our own players." I think you've got the wrong podcast. We never trash our own <laughs> players. 
But 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 when they are we play, demand excellence. But when, when they, they are playing they poorly, play poorly, we can't yeah. ignore that. We we are right. the Homer comedy podcast. So one more yes. one more piece of information for you. This is the comedy podcast. Uh, but That's I will right. tell you. That's right. But I will tell you, Zubats is a guy that we have said who has been underperforming, has a long way to go, and especially when you compare him to Aiton. And I'm not just saying that because of the final shot. Aiton has just been making a meal out of the paint and our players, and they've been killing sure. us in the paint. Um, but Zubats, oh, yeah. Zubats last night, last night, two blocks, sixteen Ooh. rebounds, including six oh, yeah. offensive boards, which is a, that's him. a tough board to get the offensive board, especially with Toughest one. our Toughest game plan typically of make your shot and get back on defense. Fifteen points, plan. nine of ten from the free throw Ooh. line. I, I, he's my Hank's player of the game, without a doubt. Without a well, doubt. Well, I'm really torn. I'm really torn between my Hank's player of the game. Okay, between... to pick one. <laughs> yes, I do. Between Paul George. Because for the first three quarters, and he played the entire second half. Oh, yeah, 43 minutes on the game. He was the guy. And, yes, he didn't shoot brilliantly, but, my God, did he play his ass off. And that that half-court shot was such a dagger at the end of the third quarter. And I have posted him doing that. That's a shot that he does pregame. I've seen him do it every game, basically, and he he shoots until he makes it. He wants to get a feel for the make. Yeah, I, I've and said that's that, why he does that. I've said that for years about opposing players when they make a crazy shot and people say it's just luck. For years, I have said no, no shot that an NBA player makes is luck. Is luck. Literally, if they were falling down, if their pants fell down around their ankles, they fell forward <laughs> yes. and did a front flip and bounced uh-huh. the ball off someone else's forehead and it went in. I'd still be like, they might practice that. Um, skill shot. They're That's skilled. A skill they shot. are skilled players and professionals. But I will. But you are right. And I love that the national media picked this up. Actually, all of the reporting that I've seen on the game, right before they show that shot, showed Paul George making that shot in the pregame warmup. They he practices it. They all practice yes. it. Steph Curry's not lucky when he drains it from the no. half court. Practices it. So yeah. Big, well, I am big. torn between Paul George and that wonderful dagger that he dished with one point X seconds left at the end of the third quarter and the third quarter real hero in my eyes, Terrence Mann, who delivered 10 points in the third quarter and really distanced us. We were a plus PG 13 on the Suns. The Suns had the lead going into the half and then we just pounded them in the third. And also come on now. What about Pat Bev's defense? I mean, he started the show. He, it was Ty Lue talking about Pat Bev. He works his butt off and we had to, we had to bleep him because he said the S H I well, I'm not even going to spell it. Clipper ship? ship. Clipper ship. There you go. <laughs> but Pat Beverly's defense, he he would get in and just immediately cause problems in the first half. Get this. You know, back in the day, we were the 420 club because four guys could score 20 points yeah. at will for the Clippers. Well, last night, Devin Booker and Chris Paul in the first half shot four for 20. Ho, ho, ho. Eat a bag of... Uh, big five sporting goods. Big five sporting goods. How about that? Is that is that safer? Yeah, as opposed I guess. to saying eat a bag of dicks I, sporting oh. goods. <laughs> <laughs> it's safer. Now, Liz, how are you feeling coming into this game? Because I was not nervous, pervious, but oh, I was curious, pervious. Uh, oh, I was cur- I was curious to see if Ty Lue was going to once again come in and make massive adjustments, and he certainly he he did. did. I mean, honestly, yeah. my Hank's player of the game, my Hank's Clipper of the game, would be Ty Lue. Oh, absolutely. Real talk. I, a Hank's Clipper of the season is Ty Lue. We've just he just razzle dazzles. He's playing chess out there, and the NBA is playing checkers. All right, so Burbank Hank 
the national media today has been talking about this crazy weird angle that I don't know if you heard any of this talk, and this is just absolute nonsense, that the Clipper fans aren't loud enough, that they didn't show up. They scheduled the game at 6 p.m., and I just want to say when the tip-off is at 7 or 7.30, it takes me 35 minutes for Rajon Redondo to get from the beach, that's me, to Staples Center and turn into Chris Kawild. Okay, 35 minutes for a 7 or a 7.30 p.m. tip. Last night at 6 o'clock, I left at 5 o'clock, and I didn't get into the building until 6.20 that, that is the real L.A. traffic. Now, beautifully, Adam Osland and Noah Eagle had the call, and they soothed my nerves. And if I wasn't late, I wouldn't have gotten the chance to talk to my old pal, NBA champion, Richard Jefferson. RJ. That doesn't impress you at all, Hank? Oh, my gosh, I thought you were going to play audio, and so I was sitting here waiting for you to... <laughs> I'm, I, I will tell you tell me about my conversation yeah, with Richard Jefferson, <laughs> and well, then well, we can well, talk. Yeah, that's great. That's what we call yeah, it. That's what we call it. Used to call in radio dead air. Dead air. <laughs> dead air. Yeah. What, what was it like? Is he great in person? <laughs> so I've interviewed him on Clipcast before, back when he was a player. He was one of my favorite go into the away team's opposing locker room and interview i interviewed him after the chris paul incident when chris paul was a houston rocket and they tried to sneak through the the closets and the secret passageways into the clipper locker room and maybe fight austin rivers or something stupid do you remember oh that? yeah 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 i do remember that so when that happened the very next game we played whoever rj played for at the time which maybe was cleveland cavaliers yes so I that sounds right I, I interviewed Richard Jefferson, and I've been a big fan of his because, you know, my first love was the New Jersey Nets. As a New Jersey kid, I moved to L.A., and the Nets lost to the L Word in the finals. I believe that was 2002, and then the next year they lost to the Spurs. Regardless, I'm obviously a Clipper fanatic. Regardless, I regardless talked to Richard Jefferson back in the day, and he was great. And I said, so are you going to sneak through the back door here and go fight the Clippers because they beat you tonight? <laughs> and he was... He was great and funny and charming and didn't mind the questions and liked talking to me. So last night, I go to get my Clippers media credentials, and I'm running late because of stupid L.A. traffic. And I'm worried that they're going to cut me off and I'm not going to get my media credentials in time. But Richard Jefferson, that lifesaver, was there. And they were actually packing up, but they couldn't find Richard Jefferson's media credentials. Uh So I know. And Richard Jefferson looks at me. I go, what's up, RJ? He goes, hey, what's up, man? He pounds me, and he goes, well, I guess ESPN doesn't want me to work tonight. And I start <laughs> laughing, and I go to the Clippers media. I go, hey, um, I can vouch for him. That's Richard Jefferson. <laughs> and so we laugh, and then he goes, so what do you think, man? And I go, honestly, this is pregame. I go, honestly, oh, two, that's what the Clippers do. I, I, I think we win tonight. And he goes, it's not it's not even 02 it, it really should be 1-1 that game last night yeah. and he was talking about game 2 he goes that that was the clippers game it's it's really 1-1 and obviously it's not 1-1 no it's not 1-1 it's, it's it one is to definitely two. not 1-1 no. moral victory so richard don't count. jefferson was great and he hank is my new best friend and i have a bromance with him oh. and speaking of bromance are you talking about new co-host of clipcast richard jefferson and new- yes oh 
Yeah. So okay. as my former best friend, yes. Hollywood Hank, oh, no. I think you might be interested to know that if you didn't. And, and you, I know that you do know this, but maybe the listener doesn't know this. Paul George and Richard Jefferson. Nope. Excuse me. Reggie so, Jackson. Strike that. There it is. Paul George and Reggie Jackson are the best of friends. So yeah. would you like to toss to the audio? Hank, that we have, or would you like me to? <laughs> I would I would love to toss to the audio because I've actually heard this audio. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I didn't know anything about it before I heard the audio. And mm. I was in my hotel room when I heard it, and I squealed. And so maybe <laughs> and so maybe you will as well. Here is Paul George talking about his friend, Reggie Jackson. His super friend. It's the world's greatest super friend. I mean, the bond has is, is always been great. You know, Reggie is a real-time brother. You know, he lived with me. Uh, he's been around my kids. My daughters love him. They adore him. The super friend. He's family. My parents love him. It's, 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 it's a real brotherhood. That's my guy. Um, he's translating on the court. Um, I trust him. He's becoming one of the best closers um, in this game. You know, it's, it's, it's just it's, it's, it's special be able to share the court with Reg. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe. I think Paul gave us a little more comfort. That shot kind of probably killed our momentum a little bit. They started to feel good. So we're we're very fortunate to have a guy like that who can do it all, do everything in this game, who, who um, you know, can carry the weight of his shoulders, his shoulders on a lot of loads. So that was a big time shot by him. It's the world's greatest super friends. <laughs> Uh, I, I I don't know. Am I allowed to use that audio? I did. <laughs> Why would you I, not I be able it. to use it? I, don't, I lifted you... it off YouTube, like you know the Super Friends theme song. I you know that's that. Oh I, I don't think I don't think the Justice League will come after me. I think they're cool guys. They're pretty cool. You don't know how you don't know how they get money though. They don't. It's not like they have W two jobs. Oh, that's at true. the Hall of Justice. So maybe that's we true. should just. Meh. Let, let's just speak of it like it never happened. Let's pretend so, it didn't happen because no one probably heard it anyway. Uh, man, I love this, and I love that it goes back so far, and that right. they've been planning this. And I think, yes. you know, I, I think Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson. This is we're going to swing right back to Ty Lue right now because Reggie Jackson, as we have said many times in the podcast, directly responded in the most positive of ways to tough talk from the coach who said, "Hey, man." You're getting benched. You're not. Yep. In, you're not in this rotation right now. You're not good enough. And the second he came back, he blew our minds. Now look at Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly was oh, underperforming. He was outmatched, and he got benched. And now he's back, and he's a big deciding factor. He man, he, did he cover great last night? Did he play great Ooh. last night? And at the point where the lead was kind of slipping away, oops, here's a three from Pat Beverly. So, Boom. Um, but I loved this, and I, I, I personally, I'm not one of those NBA fans who hates players having control over their own careers. Although I'm old enough to love when it used to be that you got drafted by a team and you pretty much didn't leave until you were an old horse being put out to pasture. I love those days. Sure. I remember when Patrick Ewing went to the Sonics and w being like, what? what? This dude's a yeah. Nick, man. What's he doing? Huh? Going to the Sonics? This doesn't make, he's not a son, Nick. No, he's a no, Nick no. or Bacher. Like he Nick. should be playing yep. for the Knicks. Yes. Um, Retired but, Nick. He did. But, uh, he did. He did do that. Um, but I do love that players have control over their own careers. And I love when you find out after the fact, and maybe it's not after the fact for many sports fans, but for us, it was a true surprise that these guys are such buddies. Yeah. And, and they were playing. Everyone this. They loves were like, a redemption story. Yeah. Hollywood loves it. They dreamt of going to the playoffs and having a run together. 
and Kawhi Leonard is not available, as we know. And Kawhi Leonard is out and has been out for now five games, (sighs) and it's been about ten days, and he is day-to-day. So my next question for you, Burbank, Hollywood, Hank. Yeah, yeah. When do you think Kawhi Leonard is coming back? Because I have, I have a theory. I have a theory I know you that do. he. And so, look, if we would lean on to my theory that he truly is day to day. Yeah, with a sprained right knee, day to day, but not wearing a brace and no, not limping, moving around. Was you know? in the was in the suite with his family, and I thought it was awesome. I thought it was extra sweet to see Kawhi there with his kids watching. Oh, yeah. He went down to halftime and talked to the guys in the locker room. He's communicating with the guys. He is, yes, no, he's not on the bench, but he is in the building. And he also lives across the street in a penthouse. He's constantly getting no, he treatment. Doesn't. Yes, he no, does. He, yes, this, he does. He lives across from the stadium. He, ha- one of those- he has a penthouse across the street in the Renaissance Hotel or something. You leave oh the front door gosh, across amazing. the street, and he has the penthouse suite. He also has Does a he have a zipline? Does he yes, zipline? Yes, of course. He ziplines his- in, in a Batman cowl. Uh-oh, another Justice League reference. But a Superman cape. Yes. <laughs> it's weird. And the Flash logo, because he's so fast. And Wonder and, Woman boots, because he's fancy. And Cyborg, because he's a cyborg. <laughs> so Cyborg. That's, that's actually what he is. That's um, literally what he is. So so, so what is your my theory? My theory is, you know, I'm I'm hearing from people that are in the know. Like, for example, Farbod, who says usually these injuries take and he's it's a guesstimate but 2 weeks okay and and Farbod keeps saying on his Twitter page which I love he keeps saying the NBA has screwed us with these games every other day I know it seems like Kawhi's been out forever but it's actually only been 9 or 10 days for that's crazy it's so crazy. 2 weeks from his injury would be game 5 so I think he could come back game 5 possibly game six but based on what he's saying here why wouldn't we see him maybe in the nba finals take a listen i don't care about the western conference finals i'm trying to win a championship that man just said and i quote i don't care about the western conference finals I think he's putting it on this team to win it for him, and then he comes back in the NBA Finals. Oh, that's interesting. You, you're you taking it to mean that he's saying he doesn't care about the Western Conference Finals. He's waiting for the Finals so he's even more healthy. So you mm-hmm. think he feels so sure yes. that the team can win. He just doesn't – he's not even trying. He's saving it for Atlanta or the Bucks. Well, he, he's he's recuperating. He's getting healthy. He's not. It's not that he's not trying. He's getting right. He knows his body – better than anyone else, which was his big beef in San Antonio, and which is why he loved being in Toronto and why he loves even more being in Los Angeles as a Clipper, what he's always wanted. Here he is. He's home. He's happy. He lives in a penthouse across the street in a beach mansion. He's Tony Stark. So he is saying to me, at least in that clip, let's go Clips. I don't care about the Western Conference Finals. I believe in my team. I'm getting right. I'm getting healthy. And if there's an elimination game in this round, the one we're currently in, which I don't think we'll actually face, honestly. I really, truly don't. I like us tomorrow night. Then I like I like us in a backdoor gentleman's sweep again, to be quite honest. I think he comes back if we have an elimination game this round. Or if we win without being in an elimination game, I think he comes back to the NBA Finals. Oh, well, that is also actually what I think. I know that basically on sh- on the show, we're supposed to take differing viewpoints for the joy I of disagree. the viewer. Um, I disagree. I agree with that. I just didn't take the quote to mean that literally. I just I just thought it, he was more saying, 
it doesn't matter to me what round is being played. What matters to me is winning games and winning a ring. It's he doesn't he's he's not fired up that he's in the Western Conference Finals. He doesn't care about the weight of the Western Conference Finals. He cares about winning games, but he can't right. come back if he's not healthy. The answer I have because I've I've seen other people, you know, trying to guess what is going on with Kawhi and if is he strategically sitting out? And I don't think he's strategically sitting out. I think if oh, he no. felt like he could he selfly play. He would be sa- safely, um, play, sa- yeah. safely playing, yeah. but do you th- do you? Th- I've also heard a little hubbub about the medical staff and yeah, him, that's all. That's all. That's all smoke. Him being salty, but I just don't buy it. I don't think that he's that kind of dude. I don't think he's that kind of dude. He's had a lifetime. He has had a career worth of injuries that have to be managed, addressed, and yeah. teams value him enough to manage them. You know, you never saw any Clipper player, coach, or representative ever saying, well, yeah, we wish that he would play. They're all like, you know, no. he's got these things, and we stand by him, and we're helping him. We're load managing to help him stay healthy. So I don't think there's salt. It's hard for me to imagine there's salt coming no, back from him. There's now, none. There's none. Literally now, let me, none. Let me ask you something. Was it difficult for you that arguably the two stars of the game, the, the leading players of each team last night, both had last names that were first names? Did that flummox you that it was Chris, Paul, and Paul George? Did you, did it spin you around? Would it make you confused at all? First of all, at Pistol Shrimps, Melissa Stetton told me a little fact about Paul George. His middle name is John Ringo, so yes. I, I'm very impressed by Paul John Ringo George. Yes. Second of all, I disagree with you entirely that the star of the game was Chris less Paul is more Paul because he was a bust. Well, he was And a bust. my question to you, Hank, yeah. are the Suns better versus the Clippers without Chris Paul? Well, no, no, I don't think that they are. And remember, I did say that in the last Clipcast. And interestingly, we did have a listener, a Suns fan, say that he thought it was comical that I would compare the return of Chris Paul to the return of Mike Conley, except as it turns out, Mike Conley was an instrumental member of the jazz um, that had not played for two weeks. And Chris Paul is an instrumental member of the Suns who had not played for close to two weeks. Um, And he, and both of them showed rust. Chris Paul showed rust. That's what he showed. And and by the way, I was terrified with him coming back because Mm. his last game versus the Nuggets, he was 37 and seven assists. Get on listen to this points yeah and listen to this on 14 of 19 shooting 14. so he was clearly not in staple center during the playoffs because i have horrible memories of chris paul in staple center in the playoffs dribbling off his leg like he did last night except for now he's number three on the opposing team <laughs> Yes. Who said that again? Was that Rondo? That was Rajon Redondo Rondo who said, "Yeah, number three on the opposing team was calling out the play, and he happened to know the play, so he told the Clippers, hey, yeah. defend this.'" Wait. So did they? Did they? Did Staples? There was a you. You put out a Twitter poll, yes. and did Staples boo him when he took the court? Yes. Yes, they no. did. Okay. Yes, they did. But you, also, to be fair, and I want to, I want, I'm glad you brought this up. The national media had a story today that Clipper Nation was in a good fan base, which is insane. Yeah, because Steve, Stephen A. Smith went after us on first take. He's an take. idiot. He's well, an also, idiot man, Knicks fan. Also, they won one game and lost their minds. Yeah, one and, game. And, also, and then people mocked us for losing our minds for literally making our very first Final Four I guess they mocked us history. so hard. There was a girl, on, uh, a woman on Twitter today in response to one of the Clipper stories who said, I was at the game and when I was leaving, my sister and I tried to get everyone cheering and nobody wanted to do it. And every comment was the same. 
every comment after her after her comment was we're are you joking like we're down 2-1 and we won the game and there's a lot of work still left to be done i've been at many many sporting events that were wins down in a series where the fans are walking out like okay that's one but we're not tied in the series we're down in the series you know and and we we've, we've said many times before as 20 year clippers season ticket holders so please don't yeah. come at us um, well, that girl that you're talking about, happens. her name is at Molly Hannah M. Her name is Molly Morrison. She's a Memphis Grizz uh, fan reporter person thing. Oh. She tweeted, not a single Clippers fan cheering, like you said, as my sister and I walk out of the arena. Her and I even tried to start some cheers, and these people are dead silent. L-M-A-O. And then I tweeted at her, Clippers fans were the loudest for the longest I've ever seen in my life. Game six, round two, when we backdoor swept the NBA's best team and clinched our berth into our first Western Conference Finals. Wish you could have seen it. Very different vibe than tonight, for sure. It was special. She replied, thanks for being respectful, LOL. I'm sure that was great. Well, that's very nice. And I hope you're enjoying TweetCast as we, re- as we read to you. <laughs> well, all you the just happened to, you uh, happened to mention this chick. I know. I, know, but, I actually but tweeted at her. I love, you t- I love that you tweeted her. But the, but the other truth is we are the most busted franchise in sports. And we have oh, watched. Wow. We have watched. Tell it like it is. Well, we, we, if you've been around 20 years and you didn't show up in the Lob City era, you right. don't. You, you you have next level disappointment. You have. We have PTCP three STD. You, you no. have until P-T-C-P-S-T-D. before this season. Before this yes. season, you have nine straight missed opportunities to clinch a berth to the Western Conference Finals. Nine. That's right. Nine yeah. missed opportunities. Many of them in twos and threes in the same series of the semifinals. Ugh. So yeah, Ugh. Clippers so yeah, Clippers fans are a little shy. We're also very often outnumbered because we are the Jets. We are the Mets. We are right. the White Sox. The Nets. We're New the Jersey Nets. We are yeah. the second Chicago team. Sox, yep. We are the second yep. team in a city where we are almost mm-hmm. always outnumbered, very often outnumbered by away fans who are too broke to buy Lakers tickets and want to see their team play and too sure. afraid to talk garbage at a Lakers game where they will get their buns kicked because a lot of our fans you know, are not looking to fight, and there's less of us. And so, yeah, Honestly, if so, you're yeah, too fans broke are a to little afford quiet. a basketball a quiet. ticket, might I talk to you about at ticket underscore IQ. Oh, ticket IQ. They're great. These tickets have no fees, Hank. I bought some rock and roll concert tickets for 40 because it was his birthday, June 9th, 6 9, 69. You're, sure, your friend, so oh my gosh, I, your friend 40, sure. My, my buddy, my, my best pal from college, 40, my old co-host on the Chris Wilde show starring Chris Wilde on Comedy Central. I bought him for his birthday 90s punk rock Descendants concert tickets. Oh, he loves it. And I clicked on a button thinking I was paying X and then I bought two tickets and then all of a sudden all the fees and the surcharges came and I was like, are you serious? Like it was so much more than what was advertised. But if you go to Ticket IQ, you will have tickets for exactly as advertised with no fees. So follow them on Twitter at ticket underscore iq and get all your clippers tickets at ticket iq because there's no fees and also we need to pack the house arizona in the summer is horrible unlivable it's living on the surface of the sun that's why the name of the team is the suns so so many arizonians come to southern california where our climate is so much better during the winter so that's why 15 percent of the house last night were loud ass Suns fans. So you got to get Ticket IQ feeless seats for games 
four and game six. There will be a game six. Burbank Hank will be in the building game six. We need to get there, Clipper Nation, and we need to be loud and proud like we were in game six round two. The loudest, longest fans I've ever heard in my life, and, and I've been to a lot of sporting events a lot. That was the loudest arena I've ever been in for the longest period of time. So anybody who says we're half-assed, quiet fans is literally casual. Yeah, yeah. And also, maybe we believe maybe we believe in celebrating once the job is done. Yeah, and we and we had every right to celebrate for our first ever Final Four berth, uh, obviously. Sure. And Terrence Mann's performance. I went to Florida State ACC, now we're here on the big stage. That's Nico. Um, but you know, Charles Donovan, great play. MV, get used to it. Get used to it. MV. That's Nick Tuman. We had every, and we were down Kawhi Leonard, who's day to day, and I think he comes back. He could come back as soon as Game Five. He could also come back for the NBA Finals. We'll just have to wait with. Oh man, we're gonna know. We're gonna know a lot after Saturday's game. We're gonna have so much information at that point once we see if. How? Because really, Chris Paul did not shoot well. Booker didn't shoot well. There's a lot of argument that he, you know, the mask. No one plays well with the mask. Now, apparently, he reached out, he reached out to Richard Hamilton, asked him for advice. Rip. Um, Rip but Hamilton. but I also sort of feel like, you know, if I had ace bandages wrapped around my eyes, I don't. It wouldn't matter who I called. I I do think that it made a difference in Booker shooting. I also think that Pat Bev defended him beautifully. I think that we had a lot of hustle out there. Headbutted Um, him and broke his nose in three places. You know, we're going to have to see if this was a shooting anomaly from Chris Paul and Devin Booker, or if we really just, if Ty really has made the adjustments. Starting Pat and Zoo, I think, you know, really helped our defensive intensity. Um, You know, PG having to score and make the plays for our team. I think, you know, without him having to go out, Booker takes a lot of pressure off him offensively. Um, Pat Bellion and and Zoo together, you know, that combination is unbelievable. And like I said, past the, the best review challenge guy in the game. You know, he's going to block your shot from behind, he's going to contest from behind, and make it hard on you. He gets into the ball. You know, he's physical. And um, I just think making that change with him and Zoo, you know, Zoo at the rim with the verticality and Pat to be able to protect him on the pull-up jump shot. So um, that's been a big change and a big spark to our defense. I think we really need to win this next game. I'm also very curious because we still don't have any details from um, – from Cameron Payne campaign. Like, is he, is he hurt? He's day to day at this point. He went out at the end of the first quarter after going to the floor, looking for a loose ball with Batum and Rondo. He never returned. Oh, I completely blanked. Oh no. Yeah, man. He went to the, and by the way, this kid's this kid, respectfully, this man is (laughs) tough, dude. Like, I don't know if you noticed, you missed it. She didn't notice. He goes down to the floor in a scrum with Batum and Rondo. Right. Comes up limping. Goes mm-hmm. to the other end of the court, hobbling, mm-hmm. run on on defense, doesn't work out, mm-hmm. runs, limps back, skip limps mm-hmm. back to the end of the court, and drains skip a three and, and drains a drains a three. On he, a skip, he skip limped into a three? Yeah. I mean he's tough. He's tough. And then but, he went out for the but, whole but, rest of the but game. But this is it, right? I mean, everyone everyone is saying, like, oh, these play like uh, some dumb commentator on ESPN with these playoffs. I don't know, with all these injuries, if they even count. This is part of coaching. This is why it was so stupid when right. when star players went after Kawhi Leonard for load management, because this is what right. they, this is what they do in baseball. Yeah. They didn't no, they, that's why you used to start every game in baseball and play until your arm fell off. And they yeah. got smart and said, Oh my gosh, we've got to save these guys and make them work. Well, this is what kind of needs to happen. You should at least be saving players and not playing them 40 minutes a game. Absolutely. Um, but we're gonna have to see with can't if can't if he doesn't come back 
healthy, that could be a big hit for them. And I really don't want to hear, yeah, but but Chris Paul is back and you don't need him anymore. He was instrumental. His shooting was so great in games one and two. That hurts them if he's not back. It hurts them. Devin Booker has been clamped by Patrick Beverly. Clamped. Big time. Past two games. Broke his nose three different places. Picked his pocket. Has to wear a mask. Looks like a damn fool. Used to look like a boy band member. Now he looks like no, he's good the looking. Phantom of the Opera he's meets good Quasimodo. It's no, helpful. not anymore. It's distracting nope, to female referees and, and everyone he's when beast. he doesn't have the mask on. <laughs> he's, a, he's not a man. He's a monster. He's good but looking. But look, I, I disagree. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you. Campaign, I don't know if he, when he's coming back. You say he's a tough man. He's a big man. I like my Terrence man. But the reason the Clippers have handled all this injury these these injuries and and the ups and downs of losing key guys is because that's what we've been for the past two seasons. That's what we have been all year long. That's what Ty Lue has been adjusting all year long. We lost Serge for the entire thing. He's not coming back. Pat Bev was gone for like half the season at least. He's playing out of his mind. Mook Morris dealing with a, being banged up. Obviously Kawhi day-to-day, but Kawhi – was day-to-day before. We dealt with a Paul George injury. We've been dealing with these injuries, and we still got the third-best record in the Western Conference. We were still top-five record-wise NBA. And if we can get past these Suns, we have home-court advantage versus Atlanta or Milwaukee. While you're in Atlanta, have you considered taking in a playoff game, or are you gone before they're back? My shoots are all night shoots. My shoots are all night shoots. Uh, now I'm I'm waiting to hear. It. I'm waiting to hear. It hasn't been ruled out yet. If I will be here for a back to back job, which would be epic, um, right? And if that were to happen, I will 100% be launching onto Ticket IQ and seeing if I can get a hold of a single um, Atlanta playoff game to go. Oh, I, I would no love fee. to go. I would love no, to go. Oh wow! Yeah, it would be great, right? And, I mean, and also, never done and also, NBA playoffs in a different, except for Phoenix. I also did. I also did a pilot. I also did a pilot with Shaq last year, and so I think that's right. I could be able to find an angle to maybe I can get in touch with the TNT people and try to like, maybe they maybe they could hook it up. It's not like I was sure. a star of the pilot. No, <laughs> I was, but I was. But if in it, <laughs> sure. And if if TNT doesn't hook you up, Ticket IQ's got you. Oh, they'll they'll no hook fees, me up either brother. way. Hey, I have a quick question for you. Uh, there was a really interesting moment in in the broadcast where Jeff Van Gundy was talking about a moment where Batum had sort of wrapped around Chris Paul and was was saying that like he was talking about the playoffs being called differently and they should be called differently and also there's obviously a long standing philosophy that in the final minute or two minutes of big games and playoffs let games them play. you let them play what what's your what's your feeling on that because I have always felt like come on it's the postseason or come on it's the end of the game let them play but there's also a part of me that feels like. Yeah, but their rules are rules. If should we just have a consistency? I mean, no one is enjoying the final two minutes of these playoffs games being tons right. of replay, except that we nearly won against the Suns because they stopped and realized that the ball was out on Devin Booker, not out on Pat Beverly, and there was no argument about it. There was no like, right. oh, well, oh, that's that's bull. Like Pat Beverly hit the ball, and anyone from the naked eye would say he's the one who hit the ball. That's off on him, but. But Booker was, was still in the Booker. dribbling motion yep. and it grazed off, off his palm. So on, yeah. on some of this stuff really makes a difference. It really makes a difference. If you can sit at home and watch it on slow-mo on your 4K TV, then you're then we have to have replay. But what do you think about the, the refs calling a game differently in the playoffs than they do in the regular season? You fur it or again it? Well, look, 
I, for years, watched Blake Griffin and Chris Paul complain and whine yeah. about every whistle. We didn't want to. We didn't want to believe. We didn't want to believe that they did that. But given hindsight, but they, they did it. They really did it. Yeah. And now I see Lagon James. That's a skip term. Lagon. He's gone. Anyway, I've now I see Lagon. I don't see it because he's in Cancun. But LeBron complains all the time. Chris Paul complaining all the time. But I look at Paul George go get brutalized in the paint and very rarely get a foul called on him. And he does not bitch and moan and whine. And then I see a guy like James Harden cost us a W in the regular season because he so aggressively sold a flop and they called an offensive foul on Paul George. So I've seen both sides of it. Part of the game. Last night, last night, Jay Crowder, gets tossed six fouls you are out why because he got a piece of paul george's head and paul george sold the fact that jay crowder hit him in his face and then jay crowder got tossed and was flabbergasted by it so look they're gonna let them play but that is literally part of the game if you sell a foul it can help you yeah and i i don't love it but that is that's the game so am i for it or again it Look, I you got to like the great coach Noel of the Pittsburgh Steelers pre Belichick, aka NFL's Ty Lue. They keep, by the way, the players keep calling Ty Lue Belichick. I love it. Story. I love it. Before Belichick, the most winningest NFL football coach, Super Bowl wise, was Chuck Noll, and he famously said, "We got to play better than the refs." Ref. So, like Burbank Hank taught me, I will never yell, "Ref, you suck." No. I will chant, "Ref, you look slimming in those pants." Yeah. And yeah. I'll try to make the ref feel good about themselves so we can get some damn calls for Paul George when he's getting hacked in the paint. Well, we didn't have anything to complain about about how many times how many no. times we went to the stripe last night. There's no, no I mean, we didn't. I, I want to say that we we almost doubled up the other team. It was something like twelve to twenty four or something oh, like wow, that in I free throws. That. Yeah, right. we 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 had easily almost double digit more free throws. So we don't have anything to complain about, and that's nice because Paul Paul George couldn't get to the line, um, and last night he went six of seven. From the line? Oh, uh, the birthday boy, Luke Kennard, had a four-point play on a special day. Happy oh my birthday, gosh, I Luke Kennard. I love it. I love yeah. it. So we're, we're going to have to see. I'm very excited to see what happens in the next game. I'm, I'm Can't wait. cautiously optimistic based on what we've seen in previous series. Um, and I love the play of Zubats. I really love the play of Zubats. He Absolutely. Keep coming we, like that. we called him out, Hank, and, and he responded. We called him out, and he responded. He played the game of his career last night. So congratulations, Ivica Zubats, on being Hank's player of the game, oh, yeah. Henry Dittman's player of the game. And before I let you go, Hank, I just want to tell you, even though the national media for some reason is saying Clipper Nation is soft and they're not loud, last night we were loud. We just weren't as loud as the first ever Final Four clinching berth ever. But we were loud. Like There was... 14, 15,000 people chanting defense when we were on defense. We were into that game. When Paul George dunked the ball and Chris Paul literally ran out of his way, the crowd went nuts. When when uh, Blake – oh, my God. You're right. Now all the first names are really getting to me. I told you. When Paul George dunked on Chris Paul and Chris Paul ran out of the way so he wouldn't be on a poster, the crowd went nuts. When Paul George hit the half-court shot, at the end of the third quarter buzzer beater, the crowd went nuts. And at the end of the game, when the Suns got within six and the Clippers responded, 
with clamping down on defense, bringing Pat Beverly back in, with Reggie Jackson hitting big shots. When Pat Bev hit that three, when we were getting big shots and getting big steals and we distanced ourselves and blew them out, the crowd was into it. So I disagree with you, national media. Yeah, Clipper Nation and, was there. But I, want, but I do, but I have, a public, I have a public service announcement for Clippers Nation. Great. I do have a public yes. service announcement for them because this is something that the national media is also not taking into account. California got really hit with COVID numbers and took the lockdown more seriously than most U.S. cities and states to the point where at the point where we were still not allowing full capacity. Most stadiums were full of fans. So let me tell Mm. you this, Clippers Nation, and tell your friends Mm. that are going to the game. It Mm. ain't easy to get in the stadium. You got to get a COVID test. You got to have proof of vaccination. You need to have you need to have this stuff ready to go and you're going to stand in a line. We don't because we are. You know, we're we're media. Uh, the fans don't need to anymore. Only the only the courtside people have to show vax cards. And or and you don't have a you don't have to have a test anymore. COVID tests. Okay, not anymore. Great. Everybody in the building that's not sitting super duper 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 close to the guys, just it's it's okay, so, first come first so serve. But the, a lot of people are wearing rest. masks. My here's brother. the here's a the rest lot of, of people. So here's let me give you the rest of my public service announcement. You don't have to get pr- tested and you don't have to bring your vaccination card. But the game does not start at seven thirty. The game starts at six and you know, Mm. you're going to want to get a drink and you know, you're going to want to get something to eat. You know, you're going to want to hang out with your friends and you know, it's not easy to find the seats in the stadium. So maybe show up, I don't know, at three (laughs) fifteen. People have to work. Visit people have to visit one of our great LA live. Go to the Palm restaurant, get yourself a nice steak, get yourself a couple of beers, drink your alcohol before you go into the stadium, then go in the stadium, drink some more. And then yelling. Well, I think tomorrow, tomorrow being a Saturday weekend oh, game, yeah. I think people are going to get there earlier. I think also a lot of the season ticket and Clipper Nation faithful didn't remember what it was like to go because this was the second capacity game in the past calendar year. Oh, yeah, it was the yeah. second one. It's been very and easy. And it was the first one that was at 6 p.m. Yeah, so there's like, been no crowds anywhere. There's I, I, gave my, I gave myself an hour to get there, Hank. And it took me an hour and 20 minutes. So Saturday, I have cleared it with the new puppy and my wife and son. I'm leaving at least 90 minutes, if not two hours before tip off. Right. We're not so used to traffic. there early. We're not used no, to traffic. It's blowing our minds. Yeah, I went, I went to pick up my sister at the way. airport and was like, what is this? It's traffic. We're back, people. We're back. Just like a bag of dick sporting goods blowing in the wind. So it's a it's blowing a bag of dick sporting goods. Oh, I'm really tired of this bit. <laughs> it's really a horrible bit. bit. It's a horrible bit. Well, congratulations, Clipper Nation. Two, two. Great win last night. Great two, win. two. Proud of you. Oh, my God. Hey, oh, hey, I Chris. Know, I know I said this. Chris, yeah, 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 yeah. congratulations yeah, yeah. to you and Clippers Nation on your first ever conference championships victory. Oh, it was great. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Now, here we go. Job ain't done yet. Congratulations to you, Burbank Hank, because you love to toot your own horn. Toot toot. Being a Clipper fan. And I I want to tell you that the first round, we were down 0-2, and then we went toot toot. And then in the second round, we were down 0-2, and we tied it. Toot toot. And now tomorrow night, here we go. Toot toot. Toot your horns, baby. Sound the horn, Burbank. That's Morse code for Go Clippers. It's an amazing locker room we have. Everybody trying to collectively find lead from their position, um, from their role, and and everybody has, like I said, pure intent. So 
and it doesn't matter who's on who, who's saying what. Um, we know where it comes from, from the heart. And at the end of the day, we all win. They've empowered me. Honestly, this team has empowered me. This organization has empowered me since the time I've been here. Um, <clears throat> from playing early, not playing, um, having DMPs, roles changing throughout the year. Um, I think once we start to find some comfortability and just practicing and having roles throughout the game change, having finding some success, um, it was really our leaders. It was really, you know, why Paul and um, Pat, and then collectively everybody, coaches, um, they were just on me about being aggressive, stay aggressive, stay aggressive. I, throughout my career, you know, trying to always make the right play and not necessarily just being myself and coming out and playing the game. It, it makes it a little difficult, but the more I just continue to be myself, the more that this team empowered me to be myself. Um, I've, I've been able to find success, fortunately, been able to stay healthy and uh, in the, at the end of the shot clock, um, you know, a lot of times they, they definitely are on me about come search for the ball, staying aggressive, attack, and trying to make the right play, but just be aggressive. So, you know, hats off to them. I, I definitely try to put in a lot of work throughout my career to be ready for those moments. But, and, uh, you know, working on my mind for over the last few years, trying to be mentally strong. But, uh, you know, you're only as great as your team, as your team wants you to be and as they empower you. So, like I said, hats off to them. They all condolences and they've been pushing me to just be my best. And, I've been fortunate enough to be playing well, but without them, how this doesn't happen.